Hi, and welcome to the Overflow Podcast. I'm Chuck Ammons, teaching pastor at Overflow Church in Brandon, Florida. And we are here to help you receive the Father's love and to release it to everyone you encounter everywhere. Wherever you're listening from today, your God adores you. I pray this message elevates and ignites your faith. On this podcast, you will find biblical messages to activate your faith, as well as our You Asked For It series, where we address your questions about trusting God's goodness as Father and living out His fullness as beloved sons and daughters. To find out more about Overflow Church, visit us at myoverflowchurch.com or on Facebook at Overflow Church Brandon. We'd also love to encourage you to check out our book, Life in the Overflow, and its accompanying devotional at Amazon.com. All right, good morning, church. How we doing? Did you have an amazing time at the park last week celebrating our birthday? Wasn't that awesome? It was not the coldest day of the year. That was great. I want to give a huge shout out to our outreach pastor, Pastor Aaron, who really led the charge in all of that happening. So we've been here in the midst of this message series all about how God calls us to wholeness that results in holiness in our lives. And as part of this, uh, going into our fifth year as a church, we wanted an opportunity for you to see everybody who's here a part of the church, part of our staff, and what they do, and I am overjoyed to be joined on the platform today by my spiritual father and our senior pastor, Pastor Lynn. So, so Pastor Lynn, what we've been doing, Pastor Lynn is just coming back from a Sabbath today, so we welcome you back you. here to us. So you haven't had an opportunity on campus to see this, but what we've been doing is we make every pastor uh, list their worst sin and then dance around. And no... <laughs> What we've done at this point is, is we've given a little bit of a story of where each pastor has come, how long they've been here on this campus, in this place, um, what it is they're doing, and what their sense of expectancy is. And so for you, Pastor Lynn, it's been a long time. It's been 25 years on this property here. Yeah. So when you first came, it was South Brandon Baptist Church. You spent three years there. The Lord told you at that point that there was a pivot for it to be South Brandon Worship Center, that worship was going to be a huge part of the legacy. Yeah. And then for the next 18 years, it continued to South Brandon Worship Center. Now, I came and Jill came. We came in 2001. I came as an intern and then a youth pastor and then a teaching pastor. And then obviously we've spent the last um, four years here now as Overflow Church. And so as I've thought back about these 25 years and really 21 that I've gotten to spend with you and thought about favorite stories. Um, there are way too many that I could give this morning, but I thought about the staff dynamic and I want to tell you how strange it was for me to come at like 21 or 22 into our staff. So at this time, Lynn would have been the lead pastor of South Brandon Worship Center, Chris, the worship pastor, and I was coming in as the youth pastor. And every week, so for a, a good while, a number of years, it was the three of us that were the full-time pastors on staff. And every week I would come in, and Lynn was super intense. And so if you've ever noticed, like, he's got the best poker face ever. You don't know what he's thinking. And when you're 22 and you're teaching a message, it scares the living daylights out of you because you look and you're like, did I just say something heretical? I'm not sure. So we would go to staff meetings, and he would be so serious, just focused. Kind, compassionate, but, man, he's focused. And then I'm sitting across the desk with Chris, who's making up paper wads as Lynn's talking. 
And while Lynn's talking, Chris is nodding like this, and he keeps shooting baskets over Lynn's head. Every single one of them missing the trash can. But as I came in, Lynn never stopped. He just kept going. And I'm looking like, I don't understand. And now the funny thing was, for me coming in, that I was like, well, then maybe sometimes I can joke around too. And every time I'd joke around, I'd get in trouble. But Chris could get away with it. And he'd click his pen. Remember, it, click, yeah, click, yeah, click, yeah. Click, 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 click. And, then, and then we would go, so we went on a um, pastor's retreat all the way up to South Carolina together, and we went for a hike. And I got to tell you, I, I don't know if I've ever prayed for Jesus to come back more than in the moment of this hike with Lynn and Chris, because you have Lynn who says, this is a waterfall, and I've seen it before, and it's going to be majestic and beautiful, and you're going to go. So Lynn just, boom, takes off and goes. Then you have Chris who wants to see every flower on the trail. And somewhere in the middle, lost in the woods by myself, is me, as I'm hearing Lynn go, keep up, and Chris go, wait up, and I'm just in the middle. And that, I think if I had to sum up 18 years of our personalities together, that would be two extremes, and I'd be somewhere uh, in the middle of that. But um, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, Pastor Chris and I have walked a long time together. Pastor Chris was the best man in my wedding, but Pastor Lynn is the spiritual father to Jill and I, who actually officiated our wedding um, 21 years ago, which and is, I blessed which you is with many crazy. Children. And he did. Without, what you? He blessed me with many children. The Lord hears his prayers. Yes. Um, Lynn was at the hospital with every single one of our children coming into the world to bless them. Every house that I've lived in since he's met me, he showed up to bless every car that I've driven. He's shown up to bless when my kids show up at church from the time they were really little until they've now, many of them getting taller than me, mm-hmm. he shows up and blesses. I got to tell you, if you have not had Lynn come and bless your kids, um, he just loves with all of his heart. I love the and children. as he pours in in that way, um, it's just been incredible. And so as I think, Lynn, about this journey, this is the story that most stands out to me right now. About five years ago, um, Chris, Ruth, and myself were away um, recording an album. In fact, it may have been even a little more than five years ago now. And God spoke a word to you mm-hmm. and said that you must decrease because I had to increase. Mm-hmm. And when I came back from that um, album recording, I simply was asking you a question. It was an innocent question. The next day. Yeah, it was right after. After you got from the airport. You came to the office the next day after I'd heard that word. And I said, I want to understand more because I was restless. Mm -hmm. Ever since God had done this awakening in my heart in Naples, I was like, I'll go sell shoes in China. But I kept running, and it was like, I've got something burning in me. I don't know what to do, and I want to stay in my lane. And so I asked an innocent question. I said, I just need to understand in the next season that's coming, what do you see for me? And you said, mm-hmm. come in and sit down. And that always still makes me um, <laughs> die a little bit. Um, and then he said, the Lord's been speaking this word to me that you've got to increase in this place and we've got to figure out what it looks like. And so it cued an, an eight-month process for the elders together and the pastors together to pray. And we heard clearly that we were named South Brandon Worship Center Our church is in Valrico, not even in Brandon. South Brandon is not a vision. Mm -hmm. And so we said, our name doesn't mean what we're trying to say in this next season. And so we heard that it was overflow, the word that we were constantly saying, that we receive all of God's love, that he wants to pour out. And then God said something that was pretty crazy. I want you to understand at this time, for those of you who would not have been here in this building when it was South Brandon Worship Center, South Brandon was well-tenured in our community, well-respected. Lynn was, it was and is one of the longest-tenured pastors in this whole community. South Brandon had an amazing name. And yet, Lynn, who was lead pastor, decided to pivot. He said, I'm going to lay down my position 
as lead pastor, not knowing what comes next, because God says there's something in me that needs to decrease. There's something in you that needs to increase. You need to take in the lead. And so the last Sunday of 2018, we closed the doors of South Brandon Worship Center. That's why when people ask our history, it's always a complicated question. Because we say, well, it's complicated. January 2019, we started Overflow Church. Mm-hmm. And I would say, Lynn, that as we walked in these next, the, the next four years that followed, we would both define this as the most beautiful and most excruciating mm-hmm. period of Painful. our lives. Um, people said, what is it like and to wonderful. build a, a five-fold church? I said, it's the most beautiful and excruciating thing you could ever imagine. Because we deeply love one another are willing to lay down our lives for each other, but we're having to learn how to live and obey what the Lord was saying. And so the pivot came this way. We started in 2019. He was still under the title of lead pastor. I was under the title of teaching pastor because that's what it was. And all we knew was, listen, we're not going to change titles. That's one thing you can know about this place. We're not just going to change things to change them. We're not that kind of marketing church. We're going to wait for revelation. And when God speaks, then we're going to make the language match the revelation. Mm -hmm. So as we went, something was, was great and something was off right from the start. And so a few months in, Lynn came to me and he said, listen, I'm not leading the church. You are. So I don't even know what we're supposed to call me, but I know you're not the teaching pastor. You're the lead pastor of this church. Mm-hmm. And he said, so you need to be lead pastor. And so then we went back and forth and we were like, but you're not, like, you're my spiritual father. I'm, I'm your pastor. He's my pastor. So I'm like, what are we, is that grand pastor? Like, what do we, what do we call that? <laughs> I... So we said, is it executive pastor? And we started thinking through all these things. And so for many people, this is what I want you to get. For many people, when they've seen this transition, by the way, I've never seen this transition in my life. But when people have seen something like this, where you have a pastor who is well-respected and then an up-and-coming younger guy that comes and takes the way, sometimes that's a retirement path. Sometimes that's a baton passing. And so what happens is the, the pastor that was stays on as a pastor emeritus just to make sure the church doesn't blow up while the young guy finds his footing. That wasn't what God was doing. What God was actually doing was the minute Lynn said, I'm going to decrease, God said, now I'm going to accelerate everything in your life. So it wasn't just a decrease because you're coming down. It was, no, you're going to be busier in the kingdom than you've ever been. You're going to go further than you've ever gone, and you're going to need to lean in more than ever. And so what ended up happening, we said, well, it's not executive pastor, it's not pastor emeritus, what is it? And it took us some time to figure out before we finally landed on senior pastor, which I'm going to describe in a minute. It just means old. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the things, Lynn, that you have said a lot, because through these four years, this is what happened. So first of all, we want very much, um, and Lynn's going to come and give a word here in just a few minutes, but we want very much for you to know what's been going on behind the scenes these four years, because it's been glorious and miraculous. One of the things I want to let you know is both of us have had to learn how to walk on water. Um, We have honored and loved and walked next to each other. This is my spiritual father, and my life has never been changed by anybody more on the planet to this day than Lynn Harper. I honor my father. And as he stood in this place, He's continually honored me as son and honored me as the lead pastor of this church. That said, when we started in January 2019, a few things happened. His voice for me as my spiritual father, man, it ignited right away. There's so many places we meet um, regularly, and he's just speaking life into me and helping me learn how to find my way and my voice in the kingdom of God, and it's been beautiful. And God also started doing that in the community. So God brought some other pastors around you, and restoration started pouring out some crazy stuff we're going to talk about in a minute. But here at home, every time you tried, and, and here's what was hard. So Lynn's a spiritual father. Fathers, what do you do? You want to bless your kids, right? Mm-hmm. You want to see them go on your shoulders, go further than you, right? 
Yes? Dad, you're still awake in the room? Yeah. All right. So that's what we want. So Lynn, as a spiritual father, wanted more than anything for me and Overflow Church to soar. Mm -hmm. And he would see gaps through four years Mm -hmm. because the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And every time he would see a gap, he said, hey, I'm here as your spiritual father. I'm here to help. And so he'd jump in to help. And time and time and time again, we entered this dance where Lynn was only wanting to help and step in. And the minute he'd step in, God would say to me, no, it can't be like that because the culture I'm building is different. It was never about Lynn. It was just about the culture. And so Lynn's just trying to do what God called him to do. God's telling me, you need to ask him not to pick up that thing right now. And both of us were like, well, this is awkward. And so over and over and over again, Lynn would try to come through a door only with the desire to bless, only to find, just as I had before we became overflow, that it was like, I feel like I'm running out of lane. And we'd have all these meetings of saying, what is God saying? And in this, Lynn, there's this phrase you said, because I I don't think this is just about overflow. I think this is all of us. There's this phrase you said that has become a life lesson for me. And and you said that God has such life for us, but dying Mm. is hard. Oh, yeah. Can you tell us some about what you were going through the first four years Mm -hmm. of overflow and this whole process of dying being hard? Well, first of all, living is easy, right? (laughs) Right? Living is easy. We just live. And receiving from God is easy. We just have our hands open. But what if they're full? What if they're full? Then you can't receive. You can't really live in what God has for you, which means you have to let go. You have to die. And dying is hard. Letting go of the things, especially things that you love, and have been a blessing to you in the past, letting go of those things is hard. Dying is hard. And what dying really means is letting go of your expectations. That's really what it means. That's what dying really means. Letting go of your expectations. Your expectations is your will. It's your desires. It's your wants. It's the future that you're hoping for. It's that certain outcome that you're looking for. And the gap between your expectations and your experience, the reality of what happens is where discouragement comes in. And disillusionment and distraction, frustration. And what happens is that when you have these unmet expectations, so I have in my pre-marriage counseling one whole session on die to your expectations. Because if you're expecting that person to make you happy, they are going to let you down. So you got to die to expectations. Expectations are hard to let go of. But that gap between your expectations, your desires, your wants, your will, and your experience, what will happen is they'll become a disconnect in your relationship with that person that you had those expectations of, or that church, organization, your boss, whatever it is. And so there'll be a a break if you allow it to. The only way to, to... rebuild that, to to bring that back together again, is you have to repent. And you have to say, God, I need to line up 
my expectations with yours. You know what we call that back there in the corner? Expectancy. Expectancy is trusting in God's faithfulness over my feelings. My feelings are my expectations. It's what I want. So my feelings are going to be let down if they are not in alignment with what God wants. And God is going to be faithful to do what he has said. And there's something that I have come to know about God. I made this decision that when I first became a believer that I was going to believe that God is good and that God is able to bring goodness to me, that I could trust him. That's expectancy. So I had to, to realign my expectations to what God was doing uh, at Overflow Church and, and what he wanted me to do. And so I had these certain expectations of having a, a significant role here within the church to help Overflow Church. I love Overflow Church to help it to grow, to help some of these things that I saw um, and, and, and being kind of a, an assertive person, <laughs> intentional person, uh, I would run after it, and I was running into these walls, and, and it was painful. Um, but, but in the same way, which we'll be talking about in just a few minutes, I had these expectations as I was going out into the community, uh, starting Minister's Connections of maybe you know, three or four spiritual sons. And so there, my expectations were low. My expectancy was off there as well. And so, yes, uh, dying is hard. Letting go, but you can't receive. Lord, I want to receive from you. There's some people who receive. God, I want to receive from you. Well, God says you got to die first. You gotta, Jesus said anyone, anyone who wants to follow me has to take up their cross first. No one took up their cross and lived. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you don't take up your cross and get off of it. Well... Well, and what I love about it, isn't that good? You received that? Yes. So, so here's the deal. Let me just say this. There are some of us right now, because I can remember when we started Overflow Church, there was a scripture God gave us. He said, I'm doing a new thing. Can't you perceive it? Mm-hmm. Doing a new thing. And so for some of us right now, we're, we're offended, frustrated, and restless because our hands are already full of what we thought God was going to do, and we keep trying to rework the system. We keep trying to pray harder, show up earlier, work more, and, and what you might need to do is say, God, maybe this is going to look different because eye has not seen and ear has not heard what the Lord has planned for those who he loves. So for some of us, what it means, like for you this morning in your life, you, you, you need to go open hand and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let go of what I thought it needed to look like. Because in our case as a church, what the Lord wanted to do was a pivot that we haven't seen anywhere else. He was wanting to elevate all of us, but it meant that our hands needed to be empty. And it meant that we walked into a whole lot of walls and we needed to keep forgiving and loving and listening. And we did. And finally, the Lord spoke and he said, this is what I want the role to be. I want the role to be, Chuck, you're the lead pastor of Overflow Church. Lynn, you're the senior pastor. And it's not just a, a, a picture of semantics. He said, I want to define exactly what that means. And this is why I am so excited. I woke up this morning so excited about this because y'all, we have no idea what's about to happen, mm-hmm. but heaven does and it's about to happen. Boom. Okay. So here's what happens, okay? When we agree with what heaven is doing, things change on earth. Oh, they do. And it is vital that you and I understand. This has been four years in the making. You've come to embrace and receive me as who I am in the kingdom. Yes? 
<laughs> Three people. Somebody was like, eh. Uh, you've come to receive me as who I am, the king yes. of correct? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Listen, you've received Pastor Chris as who he is in the kingdom. You've received Pastor Aaron as who she is in the kingdom. You've received Pastor Ruth as who she is in the kingdom. You've received Pastor Cindy as who she is in the kingdom. You've received Pastor Brenda as who she is. And listen, I know, I know the amount of honor in this room that has been held to Pastor Lynn. But you know what? You have not yet been able to receive him as your senior pastor because you haven't known what that is. But if you receive a prophet as a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. So what's about to happen is this. We're going to explain to you what Lynn Harper, the senior pastor of Overflow Church, has actually been doing behind the scenes. And when you and I agree with it and say, yes, open hands, I'm ready for you to be my senior pastor like that, something is going to happen. Is that good? Yeah. Yay. So some of you are asking, Lynn, what's your role as senior pastor? Lynn, what's your role as senior pastor? I'm so glad they asked. So... We're going to define that. So first and foremost, Lynn is the senior pastor of our church, serves as a spiritual father to me. So as I've said, I am your pastor. He is my pastor. That's not semantics. That's actually true. This man has constantly cared for the soul of my family. He's constantly coming around. You know the statistics. If you don't, talk to Lynn outside afterwards because he leads ministers. He could tell you the statistics of minister burnout. It's crazy. We've decided it's not going to happen in this place. So he walks as a spiritual father. Um, regularly we meet. He speaks into my life. He prays for me. He protects me, my family. He speaks words over us, and he walks as a spiritual father among the staff, and the way that works is every single week I'm meeting with every member of our staff, every one of our pastors, and hearing, because again, both of us with an apostolic anointing, what apostles do is they build and they send. So as I'm listening to our pastors, I'm hearing, what is God wanting for you, and how can I advocate? How can I come in? How can I use my voice to elevate yours? But sometimes I run into a wall, and I don't know where to go. Guess who I go to? I go to my pastor. And when I come to him, there are many times where I'll come and see, there's something that Chris is running through, but Lynn, I know that you have the key. And I'll say, Chris, would you be willing to receive from Lynn? I'm going to send him to you as spiritual father. And he goes, and he speaks in that way. And our staff, it is so good. He serves as one of the, the pastors among us, and then also he serves as a spiritual father among our elders. And so the way this works, maybe if, if you haven't grown up in a congregational church, our pastors would be like the feet on the ground. The pastors are doing the day-in and day-out ministry. They're the ones that are leading the ministries. You see their faces right here. The elders of the church have been called to oversee. They're the ones that are looking at the church from 30,000 feet and constantly in prayer and protection, just asking the Lord, where is it that God's calling us to work? I've been called to lead the pastoral staff of our church. Lynn has been called to facilitate over the elders of our church so that as he, we walk together, he protects health and order and makes sure that all of the elders' voices are being heard so that the things we're seeing come together. And the two of us together make sure that between the elders and the pastors, we're walking slow and intentional so that what we're hearing and what we're walking match. Isn't that good? Yeah. And so God called us to walk in this way. Now, additionally, Lynn, as spiritual father, has a very particular role. I don't know if you know this, but before he was in ministry, Lynn was a banker. And so Lynn has an amazing anointing when it comes to finances. And I don't know if you know this, but before I was in the ministry, I was in debt. Um, so <laughs> God has done beautiful and amazing things. And as I've been called in a role to protect the vision of our finances, as Charlotte Meir right here, the chairman of our finances, has done an amazing job running and leading. And has built a finance team that in 2023 will be meeting quarterly to assess it. Lynn has come alongside me 
is a spiritual father in our finances, and really in two things. Lynn is one who says, I'm going to get in and I'm going to get things done. Lynn makes sure that the things that we're spending, so again, there's going to be an electric bill here, there's going to be the trash pickup, there's lots of things as a church on 10 acres that you're going to have to spend money on. Lynn makes sure that what we're spending is good stewardship and that it's what it's supposed to be. And so he will come in, and if it's not, he will get it done. And I want you to know you can feel good about what you're giving because there's not waste here at Overflow Church. There's intentionality. Lynn Harper is the one who has his eyes on that. Lynn also is the one to make sure that in all things, in our reimbursements, that everything is above reproach so that as we go, he's constantly looking to make sure that we're walking in integrity in our finances. Isn't that a gift? Isn't that good? That's just the first part of who he is as senior pastor. As senior pastor, Lynn also leads our restoration ministry. And so now you, Lynn, you and Robin have been leading restoration ministry over 20 years. And recently, you wrote a restoration manual together that is on our website that I know many here have used all of our pastors have used, but you might not know it's being used all around, not only the city, regionally. Um, it's really being used internationally right now. So Lynn has been sent from Overflow Church to go to a number of churches here in the city and, and lead restoration among their staff, lead restoration among their own relationships and church plants that have gone. He even has people calling him regionally where he will be on the phone leading them through restoration. And that made its home right here. And so in that, what I think is amazing is for you in 2023, your desire is to see restoration become the heartbeat within our missional communities, that our missional communities would be places where restoration has taken place. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you're doing as senior pastor to see restoration established in our missional communities? Well, first of all, we need to understand a Greek word, sozo. Say sozo. Sozo. For by grace, you have been sozoed. You have been saved. By faith, it's not of yourselves, thus anyone can boast. It's a gift of God. That word sozo, as we think about it, we translate it saved most of the time. But the word sozo means so much more than just being saved, having your ticket, you're going to heaven, yay, we want to be excited about that, right? Um, but, but sozo also means that God wants to heal you. He wants to heal your body. He wants to heal your soul. He wants to heal your spirit. So Jesus, when he said it is finished on the cross, he said it is finished. He wasn't just saying, okay, now they have a ticket to heaven. No, he is saying that the works of the enemy, the enterprise has been destroyed and all that the enemy had done. So Jesus came to sozo us to restore everything that was lost in the Garden of Eden. So to heal you, uh, to set you free, to deliver you from the oppression of the enemy, uh, to restore wholeness in your life, which will lead you to holiness, right? Righteous living, a life that's pleasing to God. And so um, what I would like to do in 2023 is uh, to visit every missional community. I've already been doing that in 2022, but really in every, everyone in 2023, and, and to show the missional community how to do restoration as a community together. Not just as a particular ministry, not just what I do with individuals or Robin and I or what I'm doing with pastors, but as a, as a missional community that when someone has a prayer request, we don't just pray it, and just say, Jesus, intervene, when Jesus says, I want you to. 
I want you to bring restoration to this wounded daughter or this wounded son because that's how I'm going to answer your prayer. And so that's, that's my desire is to, is to bring restoration into the missional communities. It's one of our four values so that it's a, it's a normal part of missional community is that we have, we have sozoed believers. We have believers that are saved, going to heaven, that are healed, uh, that are restored, that are whole, and that are living in holiness. So I'm, I'm really excited about what God's got for us in 2023 in the restoration ministry. That's so good. So again, Lynn's role is, is senior pastor. For our purposes today, I'm going to say it's four things. The first is that he walks as my spiritual father and helps bring health and order to our church. The second one is that he's leading the charge that restoration would become part of our daily life. The third one is this. Pastor Lynn, who is an apostolic shepherd, serves under Pastor Chris's leadership on the um, shepherding team of our church. What that means is the way that we are cared for as a family, he's helping on Chris's team. I love this about our church because we have this over-under leadership model, meaning I've been called to be the lead pastor, so I'm Lynn's lead pastor, but he's my senior pastor. Lynn comes as the senior pastor of the church, but when he steps on the shepherding team, he is under the worship and family pastor. And in that charge, here's what this means. This is one of these gaps that we saw as a church. We've had this thing going on for four years where people show up at our church. They come to our services, and pretty regularly what we hear from people is they come. There's such a healing presence here. They cry the first Sundays that they're here, that, that God is just like, and cry like good tears, not bad tears. Um, <laughs> and God does a healing work within them, and they'll say this, I love your worship. I love your doctrine. I love your heart. I love your staff. I love your preaching. But for all too many of them in four years, after that, without them ever changing it, it wasn't, I thought I loved your worship. After a few months, they'll say, you know what? I love your worship. I love your preaching. I love your heart. I love your mission. And our family needs to go find somewhere else to worship. And I hold you in higher esteem than I've ever held you. And we've watched this long enough to know that they're sincere and they're real. And what's happening is people have come to our church and they've been inspired, but they've had a hard time finding their lane. Mm -hmm. They get discouraged. They get disconnected. They get distracted. And so a key role that God has given Pastor Lynn, where it, it talks about how if, if a shepherd is 99 sheep or 100 sheep and he has 99 that are safe, but one wanders off, a good shepherd goes after the That's one right. that wanders. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some places where the Lord has been speaking to us. And in fact, we're going to talk about this next week a lot at our family meeting, which you need to make a priority. I'll give you some more details on that at the end of the service. But God has been speaking that it's time for us to make sure that we're going after the one. And more than that, it's time to make sure that people who come here and say, I love the preaching and I love the heart and I love the worship, that they never have to wander in the first place. It's time that people know with a church here that is the real thing. We're the real thing, okay? It's time that people know how to find their lane. And so Pastor Lynn is joining alongside Pastor Chris and Pastor Brenda. And you're going to hear some incredible things about how we're helping people plug into the heart of where that is going. And then Pastor Brenda, Pastor Lynn, Pastor Chris, they meet weekly. They bring that back to the staff. We take that to the missional communities. You're going to see a major pivot in 2023 about the way that we go forward and shepherd. And now the, the last thing, and this is after this last thing, Lynn, it's going to happen. It's going to be good. The last one is this. So Lynn's spiritual father. Lynn leads the restoration ministry. Lynn is helping the shepherding that every person can find their lane at Overflow Church. But last, Lynn is being sent out as an ambassador from Overflow. Mm-hmm. And this is the one we've seen the most. Lynn started uh, at Twin Creeks with, with four pastors mm-hmm. that just kind of met, and God has blown this thing up. That now we've gone to the place where Lynn, um, the, the minister's connection that we go to here in Brandon, it's now one of six mm-hmm. 
six ministers connections that have come around the region um, that Lynn has invited, been invited in to start. It's bringing unity on a level we have never seen before. We're watching miracles right now in our city, and I know the reason is because of the unity of the church. And at the heart of that, God has sent out Lynn to do this. So every month, Lynn is at another church. He's been invited to serve as, as an elder on the board of churches. But this is what I love, and this is what I want to hear. So one more question, then we're going to pivot this thing. Lynn, as I've, I've talked about this, and I've talked about Lynn being sent out from Overflow, Lynn being sent out from Overflow. I love what you said back to me. You said, I'm tired of people hearing about Lynn. I want Overflow Church right. to know mm-hmm. what Overflow Church is doing in our city because you've been obedient to send me out and how God's growing that. Can you take just a minute and tell us in the past four years what God has been doing through Overflow because of our obedience to be an apostolic sending church? Yes, I will. So as most of you know, um, I wasn't raised in church. I got saved right at the end of my senior year of high school. Uh, I went away to college. I really engaged in a Christian fellowship on campus. The last two years, they asked me to be the leader. So that was kind of my church for four years. And then I went back to the church that I was saved in, which was a Southern Baptist church, really knowing nothing about church. And the pastor saw an anointing on me, so they made me a deacon you know, right, right, right away. And, and I'm, I'm just serving the church. I have an outreach ministry, a basketball outreach ministry. I, I started a Bible study in my apartment complex. I'm, I'm doing all these things. And, and the pastor and others kept saying to me, I, I think that God's called you to be a pastor. And I said, no. Uh, God's called me just not to be poor. I just didn't want to be poor. That was my goal. And I want my kids to be poor. Uh, so, uh, so that's why I was going in. I was going to be an entrepreneur. I was going into business, MBA, and that, that path. And so uh, they, 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 they kept saying that until finally one of my friends who grew up in a really dysfunctional environment like I did, he said, I really feel like God's calling me to be a pastor. And I said, if God's calling you to be a pastor, God's calling me to be a pastor. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> he is. We've been telling you that. And so I went to seminary. I quit my job. We, we just bought a home. Robin had just graduated from nursing school. And, and so we left everything behind, and, and we went to seminary. I knew nothing, right? I didn't, wasn't raised, I didn't understand. I'm going to be a pastor who knows nothing. I didn't know how to run a church. So a, a good leader has to be a good follower. You have to be a good learner. So seminary taught me two things. They really focused on two things. The first thing was theology. You're, you're, what do you believe about God? They did a great job in the theology. The second really major focus in seminary was ecclesiology, what you believe about the church. And they meant well, but they really missed it here. Because what they did was they taught us as pastors how to build the local church, the little C. Do you know that's nowhere in the Bible? It's not in the Bible. We are not called to build the local church. Jesus told us to go and make disciples. And he said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell won't be able to stand against the church that I build. But the church that you pastors build, first of all, you're going to burn out doing it. And then the gates of hell are going to come against you. And this is what I experienced, and this is what I saw. So what has been the result of lead pastors trying to build the little C 
rather than understanding. It's all about Jesus building the big C, the big church, and we're just to do our part in making disciples. So each of the local fellowships has a part in the big C, has a strength that we're to bring to the big C, but we're to see the entire church, and that's what I'm doing as I go out. I'm meeting with these pastors, helping them to see the big C, and that it's up to Jesus to build it. So the result of what we're being taught, and if you, in all the conferences I went to, all these 35 years I've been in the ministry, they were all about how to build the little C, the local church. Every one of them was about how to build your church. So the result of these senior pastors, lead pastors building their little C is that 70% of lead pastors say they don't have a close friend. First of all, when are they going to have time to have a close friend? They feel isolated and they feel lonely and they're discouraged. So just this past fall, 2022, pastors are continually being surveyed, asking, how are you, my Barna? How is your health? 42% of lead pastors are seriously considering leaving the ministry. Can you imagine what that would happen if 42% of people who are called of God to lead just say, I can't do this anymore? Over 50% of lead pastors said they would do it right now if they had the financial means to do it. Over 50%. And the saddest statistic is that 80% of their wives, 80% of pastors' wives, wish their husbands would do anything else besides lead a church. 80%. Because they see what it's doing, the toll on their husbands, on their marriage, and on their children. And they see what happens. You know, we get more credit than we should, like these megachurch pastors, they get more credit than they should. And we get more blame than we should. So it goes both ways. So if you're a mega church pastor, you're getting way more credit than you should. If your church isn't exploding, your local church, which you're supposed to build, isn't, then you feel this, this condemnation, um, this failure, this, you know, what's wrong with me? And so you as Overflow Church, you are sending me out to be a spiritual father to these discouraged pastors. You're sending me out, as it says in 1 Corinthians 4.15, where the Apostle Paul said, you've had many teachers, you've had many counselors, many guides, many tutors, but you have not had many fathers. I have become a father to you in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he says this, imitate me. See, the difference between a father and a teacher, a teacher stands and lectures you, but there's no relationship. But a father is involved with you. So I'm involved with these spiritual sons in the community. Currently, I'm serving as an elder in five churches. And in our last elders meeting, they asked, how can you do that? How are you able to do that? I don't know. Um, 
but I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to say yes to these particular spiritual sons. Um, and as I was just praying this morning and thinking about, you know, why, why these, because I'm also a spiritual father to a lot of other churches that I'm not an elder, um, is that every one of these churches are five years or younger, the church, their church plants, and none of them have ever been a lead pastor. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, Lord, I, I get it now. Also, um, I, ha- I have the, the privilege of serving uh, on, as treasurer for Tampa Bay for Christ, which is a regional ministry uh, with the goal of, of, of ensuring that the big C, the big church, um, provides an opportunity for every man, woman, and child to have multiple opportunities to hear the gospel through many varied ways. And so we have things like to gather, right? We had to gather Pentecost Sunday, uh, which we come, we undergird. We just had a prayer summit of uh, some of our pastors came. I was really glad to see that. Uh, we have a line and unite at South Bay to, to bring the church in alignment, right? The, the one church in alignment with what Jesus is building, with what his agenda is. What is he saying to this? We're, we're, we're aligning and uniting to fulfill the kingdom of God. Uh, and then we have six ministers' connections. And, and you're right. When I, when, I, when I felt the Lord wanted me to begin to mentor um, uh, spiritual uh, sons in the community besides you and Chris, and um, I, I thought, okay, you know, I have four biological sons, and wow, I gave them all I had. I, I don't know if I could have had five. I gave them everything. So I thought, you know, four, four, four will be good. So, so Twin Creeks had a little room there that, that had, you know, table six. You could bring something six to eight. That works. That's good for me. So I had these expectations. In this case, they were low. At overflow, they were high. I thought I'd be much more involved. But in, and out there, they were low. And then God just began to expand that. And so now we have six ministers' uh, connections. And I'm really excited uh, to talk about one in particular. So we have one in Sarasota, one in Wesley Chapel, one in Carrollwood, uh, and we have our newest one, Minister's Connection for Women. And my wife, Robin, and our missions pastor, Aaron Arruda, and a pastor at Arise Church, Tina Blount, has, uh, has provided leadership. And um, wow, uh, they've already just taken off. They're, they had 24, I think, last month. And, and we're elevating. We're celebrating the voice of five-fold leaders, uh, women leaders in the kingdom of God. We are empowering them, and we are encouraging them uh, so that revival comes to Tampa Bay. So that, that's the mission. That's the vision for Ministers Connection for Women. So, uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about what God is doing and the community, so just know when I'm not here, uh, God is doing great things because Overflow Church is sending me in. And when I stand on the platform, uh, the first thing I say is I bring the blessing and greeting of Overflow Church and the leadership of Overflow Church. We are with you. We are for you. We receive, and I, and I said, and, and we're praying for you at Overflow Church this morning. Every time I go, so I am being sent. So thank you for sending me. Thank you. 
So now it's time for that pivot I was talking about. This is the moment where something changes. So I've asked every pastor, I'm going to ask you right now, because there's a grace that you have to give to us, and there's a faith you're walking in we need to receive. So Pastor Len is our senior pastor. What is your sense of expectancy in 2023 for Overflow Church? Well, remember my story about expectations and how my expectations set me up for failure and disappointment and discouragement? So I decided I better find out what the Lord has said. <laughs> you know, what expectancy is, right? It's trusting God's faithfulness over our feelings. So I have a file folder that I've kept for 25 years. And they are prophetic words that different people have given me when we were South Brandon Baptist Church, when we were South Brandon Worship Center, and even since we become Overflow Church. And there's a theme in those prophetic words. Um, uh, Michael Tafflinger, I found two from you uh, that I kept. And that theme is that, that God wants to do more through this church than we can think or even imagine. That we have more influence than we realize. And the different pictures uh, that these different prophets or prophetesses have had is like, we have 10 acres here. Is they saw uh, this, this church uh, being full of water. Like I remember one prophet, uh, he was in here and he said, I see, I see this church full of water and, and it's bursting through the walls. And others have seen our property become like a lake, just full of water. And the water just, just going into Bell Shoals Road as tributaries, just going up uh, to Bloomingdale and to Lumsden and, and 60 and into Tampa and, and down to Boyette Road. And, and so they see this water just gushing out of what he's doing uh, here at Overflow Church through South Brain Worship Center and South Brain and Baptist Church. And so uh, that's, what I, that's, that's where my expectancy is. I believe that God is going to continue to do that. And, and I believe part of that was what I'm doing right now. Uh, which was a very clear prophetic word in 2003, described almost word for word in detail what I'm doing right now in the community. In 2003, I had that prophetic word. It was crazy. So I believe that there are four things uh, that Overflow Church does well that I believe are, are going to be an, a new paradigm for the church. I think one of them is what I'm doing, and that is is, is releasing pastors from the burden that they, that they are responsible to build their local church. And for them to begin to see themselves as part of the big C, that Jesus is building his church. So Bell Shoals Baptist Church is winning, we win. Yes. If South Bay Church is winning, we win. We don't lose, we win. And the way that God has built me is I've never been great at sports. I've never been great in, in terms of really athletic. But what I'm really great at is making sure that you're great. <laughs> so if I'm on your team and I see you, you know, not giving your best, I see you holding, I'm going to get in your face. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I want to win. I may not be able to help it, but you can. <laughs> so you will. So I help others achieve what they need so we can win. I want to win. Jesus wants to win this, this, this Tampa Bay. When the explorers came, they called this the Bay of the Holy Spirit. 
and not pirates coming in, but the Holy Spirit coming in. So I, I believe that there are things that God has given us at Overflow Church. You know, one of the things is, is just the ministry that we have in Nigeria. You know, I don't know if you, if you remember the story, but when I was in seminary and they said, we want you to pray about going to an unreached people group. If you don't feel called, then to take a card and begin to pray for that unreached people group. And it was a, it was a long card, three or four hundred cards of unreached people group. I happened to pick the Ejaw people. And then I happened to run into a person who's from Nigeria who feels called from a, another tribe to reach the Ejaw people. And I happened to be there at that particular time. And we adopted uh, Wilson Okote. There had never been any missionaries or, or any Christian presence because they would kill the white people. They would kill them. And so now uh, we have schools. Uh, we have 17 churches. This is, this is Overflow Church. There's, there's a million people in this kingdom that wasn't reached by anyone else but this little overflow church in Valrico. Right. That in itself is big. Yeah. Okay? That, that is huge. Uh, so, but in this region, what I see us doing is, um, is four areas. First of all, there's something about missional communities. We're, we're not there yet. We haven't gotten it yet. But, but the Holy Spirit has shifted, and we have shifted with it. The whole small group mentality or paradigm of being care groups, of just shepherding each other, of being Bible studies, that's not working anymore, and it's yeah. not going to work. That we do need care, we do need shepherding, and we do need discipleship, we do need Bible study. But we have to, we have to shepherd one another and have Bible study for the purpose of going on mission to oh, make wow. disciples. And that's been missing. And so, so missional communities, I, I know that we're going to get it. You know, between Aaron Arruda as a mission side, Pastor Chris, what a shepherd he is. I mean, most loving man I've ever known in my life. I mean, shepherd, you know, look in the dictionary, Chris Thomas picture, all right? Um, and Chuck's amazing. Now, please don't tell anybody what I'm about to say. But when I go out and visit these churches and Robin goes with me sometimes, I say there's no place like home and there's no person like Chuck as a pastor, as a preacher, as a teacher. He's my favorite speaker. He has a true apostolic teaching gift. So, uh, so which leads me to the second thing is I'm reading his book, Reconstructing Dad, right now. And it is just opening me up to something I never saw before, my, my own orphan spirit. You know, and, and how these wounds in my own childhood have caused these unwanted emotions and unwanted behavior. And God's been healing me. That's one of the things he's been doing this Sabbath, this past month, is healing this, this orphan spirit, this, these hurts, these wounds. And this book has... has Which isn't out yet, just so you know. If you're looking for it, it's not out yet. Yeah. It'll be out it's later this year. Out, but I think this book, I think, all, I think some of, just some of the way you say things, just, just your, you know... A lot of things I do intuitively. I don't really know why. It's like I remember when Rob and I were leading restoration ministry together. At first was freedom ministry, the focus more on deliverance. Then it became healing deliverance with the focus that LL gave us, and now it's restoration. And I would listen to Robin in the conferences, and I'd go, that works. I do that. I don't know why, but I do that. It works. It's amazing. And that's how, like, listening to Pastor Chuck these past four years, a lot of things, I'm like, oh. That, that's true. Do y'all know that's true, what he's saying? 
so, so as I'm visiting, I, I think that, that Pastor Chuck does have both a regional voice and a national voice in, in his teaching. He has, a, he has a, a crazy insight into God and the Word of God and putting the two together and the Father. So I think that's the second place I really hear the Father saying is through your voice. Um, the, the third is through our fine arts ministry. The public school system is defunding the fine arts. Like when I was in school, you know, fine arts and sports, everything. But, but with money getting tighter, so there's going to be a vacuum there. And uh, I was at a prayer summit last week, and I was at a table for lunch uh, with a worship pastor in Tampa. And several worship pastors have come together and have formed a ministry and they're going to the high schools in Tampa after school, and they're providing uh, an opportunity for people to learn instruments to play in a band. And because it's after school, they can pray, they can talk about Jesus, and their goal is to be able to find worship leaders and worship pastors, Levites who are drawn into the music, bring them into Christ, and then bring them into the kingdom of God, and then send them out. Isn't that amazing? So, so I told him, I said, we have a fine arts ministry. I said, we're a Southern Baptist church. We're spirit-filled Southern Baptist church. But we go to the Assembly of God fine arts program, and we're winning. <laughs> this little teeny Southern Baptist church amongst all these Pentecostal Assembly of God We churches. could cut that from the feed. Yeah. We're winning. Do y'all know I like winning? Uh, I don't know why. But God has just made it in me. I want to win. I don't really care about glory. I really don't. I don't ever have to be on the platform. But I want to win. We're all going to be one. One big C. But overflow's going to win. <laughs> yeah. We're going to win. So, that was three. All right, number four. <laughs> I, 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 I uh, rabbit hole uh, chase okay. myself. That was good. All right. It be you. Uh, oh, restoration. Yes. <laughs> I'm four. That's the one you lead. The one I lead. Uh, so, so, so missional communities, fine arts, Pastor Chuck's message, and restoration. So, you know, Robin wrote the restoration manual. I couldn't have, you could have given me 100 years. I couldn't have wrote, I don't like manuals. You know that? Before Overflow Church, we didn't have one manual. I would tell the staff, you need to go on vacation for three weeks. You needed to go on a Sabbath. Or deacons, let's be family, and when we see a need, let's talk about it. And we didn't have no jobs. I don't like manuals. Well, Robin wrote the restoration manual. We needed a manual. Because I, I could do restoration intuitively, but it wasn't duplicable, you know, yeah. duplicatable, whatever that word is. Um, so Robin wrote this manual and um, you know, has four truths, four steps, and it, it is going everywhere. I, I met with a, a pastor yesterday, a large church, and uh, he wants it, and he wants to take it into his church. When I spoke at Arise Church, they made 500 copies of it for every family in their church. When I spoke to distribute them, they're using it. So all these churches are using it in other, other states. Uh, so the restoration ministry, uh, and, it, and it's a... 
it's, it's, a, it's a certain paradigm that we're doing restoration. It, you know, it's not focused on deliverance. Some are delivered, not focused on healing. But the goal is to restore people, not the absence of pain or the absence of demons, right? Jesus, Jesus wants that, but, but that's just an avenue. It's just a road to get you because he wants to restore you. He wants to restore you to the glory that he originally intended for you. So like these lights are, are, are shining on us to, to, to bring glory to, so you can see me. We're to bring glory to Jesus. So our light is, our glory shines on him. So the goal of the restoration ministry is to remove all the obstacles, the hurts, the wounds uh, that are keeping God's glory from shining through you so that you can walk in intimacy, so you can hear the Father's voice, you can trust what you're hearing, trust him, and then you can obey his voice because you love him. Jesus said that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll trust what I'm saying to you and you'll do it. That's a healthy person. That's wholeness to holiness. And so I, I believe, I have great expectancy uh, for our missional community. So if you're not in one, you need to get in one. Uh, for, uh, for, your, for your, the message that God's given you, for fine arts, and for restoration. You received that? So I want to say this, Lynn, as you've been faithful four years, I hear you, and it is so good to have you fully home. It's so good. Do you receive the voice of your senior pastor, Overflow Church? Do you receive his gifts, his calling, his wisdom, his covering, his blessing, his direction, and his fathering? Amen? All right. Here's where the pivot comes. I believe blessing is the language of heaven. So as he's spoken a word to you, now it's our time to release him to be who he is. And I told him in coming into this role, I said, I don't want you to behave. I want you to be Len because I want us to win. Okay? So don't behave. I don't behave well. Be Len. So I'm going to ask right now, can you extend your hands toward our senior pastor? Father, right now we come and we agree that you have been doing and you are doing more than we could ask or imagine. We see you're doing a new thing. Father, we perceive it. I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you for my spiritual father, Lord. We bless him right now. We ask greater revelation. We ask, Lord, where he has gone right now and where it's, where it's felt like trudging through. Now I see his feet coming clean and coming out of not only mud, and it's mud, Lord, not from his sin. It was mud of him not giving up. He did not grow weary in doing good. And now I'm watching, Lord, and he's going and he's running. Those words that you've spoken over our church, many before we were overflow church, years before we were overflow, you were giving these words of, of flood and water, and Lord, we receive it. You believed it so much, you named the church after oh, a picture of a flow of water yes. coming out that's too much so to be true. contained in one place. Father, we receive it, and most importantly this morning, Father, we as a church receive what you have put in the heart of our senior pastor but we will receive from him, and we bless him now. In Jesus' name, come and establish everything that you desire. Amen? Amen. Amen. So give it up. Yeah. Come on.
So with that, here's where it's going to get exciting. What I've asked our senior pastor to do in his first role here is to activate and, and change something in you. So what's about to come is not so much a message, it's an activation. And so what I want you to see is recently, God gave a word to Pastor Lynn at our regional together. We've been meeting quarterly. And so the first one that we had quarterly was at the Crossing Church because God did something miraculous in the relationships of some pastors in our city, and Lynn was there as part of it. And so as we stepped into that part, he had a specific message that he's going to apply for us about the keys of authority God's given. Take a look at this video, and then Lynn's going to activate it for us. You want Jesus in your house? Pastors, you want Jesus in your church? The key is be reconciled. The key is humility. I want to read to you Paul's word to the church in Corinth who needed to be reconciled to one another. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. It's the ministry of reconciliation. We have stopped evaluating, judging others from a human, worldly point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ Jesus, and God has given us this ministry of reconciliation, bringing people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them, and so neither should we. And God gave us this wonderful ministry of reconciliation. So we are now Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to one another. To gather is about one church united under one father with many children and multiple expressions all glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. When the church is fractured, when pastors are divided, when churches are competing, we can't do that. In John chapter 15, verse 35, Jesus said this, 
by this, the world will know that we are his disciples by the way we love. By the way we love. Can you say that? Love. By the way we love. By the way we love one another. So if you have offense against another believer, against a pastor, against a church, that's the bride of Christ. Go to them. Be reconciled. Repair the fracture and watch what God will do. God will show up in your house. So you have keys in your pocket, probably not quite as big as this one, but probably more like these. I want you to take those keys out because those keys are going to be symbols, right? We know that many things on the earth are shadows or symbols of the things in heaven. So these keys, just hold them out, these keys are going to be symbols of the heavenly keys that God has already given you. You don't need to ask for them. They're already yours. You just need to receive them. So hold the keys out. Say, Jesus, Jesus I, receive I receive your heavenly keys. Your, heavenly keys. your, keys, your keys give me access, give me access and, authority and authority to things that are valuable, that are needed, needed, and beneficial. To you, to others, to me, and the kingdom of God. So in the same way that someone gave you these keys, God has given you spiritual keys. So I want to read to you from Matthew 16, 19, where Jesus said, I will, which means it's done. It's a done deal. Whatever God says, I will, it's done deal. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So you must be wondering, well, what are those keys? Well, first of all, Jesus fulfilled the promise to the disciples. So he was given a future promise by him saying, I will. For us, he's done it. Because when he rose from the dead, Matthew 28, verse 18, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. So he was insinuating, I have the keys of heaven, right? He took them from the enemy because Adam gave the keys to the enemy when he submitted to him and obeyed him. He gave him his authority. Jesus took that authority back, and now he's giving it back to us again to rule over this world, to bring his kingdom to this earth. So he has given you kingdoms. So three things need to happen in your life this morning. First of all, you need to know what keys God has given you because he hasn't given us all the same keys. He's given you spiritual keys. We've been talking about the fivefold keys where God has given you a measure, some a greater measure than others, 
of the apostolic, of leadership, apostles, birth, build, and send. If that's kind of who you are, if you have this mentality of birthing, building, and then sending, that's an apostolic leadership anointing. There's the prophetic key, which is God has just given you ability to hear straight from heaven and then to declare. And Amos, the Bible says that God doesn't do anything until he first reveals it to his prophets so his prophets can come into agreement with it and pull it to earth. When Jesus was asked uh, by his disciples, hey, we see something different about you and we think it's your prayer life. So he said, teach us how to pray like that. So Jesus said, our Father, meaning it begins with your intimacy with the Father. Holy is your name. Understand who he is. And then he said this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is being declared in heaven. So our praying is not us generating something on earth to bring heaven down. Our praying is about hearing what heaven is declaring and bringing it to earth. And that's how we're able to pray in faith. I'm able to pray in absolute faith because I won't pray something in first, until I first hear it being declared in heaven. And then all I'm doing is coming into agreement with what heaven is declaring and saying, that's faith. Yes. We don't have to beg. That's a whole other message. Yes. I'll hold that one in my pocket. So apostles, prophets, hear from God. We need you prophets. We need you hearing from God. What is the Spirit of the Lord saying to the bride? And then the evangelists, the gatherers, Right? Those are the ones that, that want us to win, win souls, right? Provoke the church to win, right? Paul said to Timothy, who was a shepherd, to still do the work of an evangelist, even though he wasn't one. So all of us are to do the work of an evangelist, but the evangelist is the one that keeps us looking out. So we thank God for uh, Mickey and Aaron as our missions pastor, outreach pastor. They keep us looking out, and we need to continually be looking out. And then we have our shepherds, uh, those of you who care for the flock. Listen, a person who is wounded isn't going to be evangelized, isn't going to be making disciples, isn't going to be doing anything. I don't know about you, when I have a toothache, all I think about is my tooth hurting and wanting relief and seeing a dentist. I'm not really interested in praying <laughs> or reading my Bible or, or winning people to Jesus, right? So we have people who are wounded, and we need to bring them from woundedness to wholeness to holiness. Holiness is just doing what God's called you to do, living within your purpose. We need shepherds. We need you shepherds activated in our missional community. So I am an apostolic shepherd. I'm a, I'm a person who wants to win, right? Apostles want to win. They want to build. They want to birth. They want to sin. But also, I love you. I can't help myself but love you. And I do. I love the children, the youth. I, I, I just love you. I, I see in you. I see in your children what God wants to do. And I'll put my hand right on them because it's, I'm, I'm not doing it. God just says, you got, I have something I want to release in them. Boom. Okay, I can do that. So, so you know, we, we need the shepherds. We need the shepherds to help us to, to, to come to a place of restoration. And then we need the teachers. You know, I have grown more spiritually in four years listening to Pastor Al. It has been amazing. You know, because for my first 21 years here, I, I, didn't, I couldn't go visit the other churches. I didn't know what was, what was happening out there. Um, it's been amazing listening uh, to his messages and now reading his books. It's just crazy. 
uh, what we have. So teachers, we need you to unlock the truth of the Word of God to, to show us what some of us are doing intuitively, but we have no, no, no idea why. We're just doing it because we just sense the Holy Spirit saying that's what you should do. But it makes a whole lot of sense if we can explain it. You know, we can explain, this is why you should do this. Most of the time I just say, just do it, trust me, it'll work. That's how I preach most of my messages. Follow step one, two, and three. I don't know why it works, but I promise you it will. And it will. It would work. If you would follow my one, two, three, it would work. I wouldn't have a clue, but it would. Now I have more clues. Thank you. <laughs> I could have used it 21 years ago, but thing, or 25 years ago. Um, so you, you need to know uh, what, what spiritual keys God has given you. The first is in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, the fivefold. Uh, the second are the foundational keys, or, or they're, they're, the, they're, they're what makes the body of Christ. That's how we fit in the, in the church. And those keys are leadership.